Okay, for me, God's work in the world, it has always been shown to me as being holistic. Always. Like, as long as I could remember, as long as my family w- was operating as a Christian family, I-, I was shown that God's work in the world is holistic. And if you wonder what I mean by holistic, by holistic, I simply mean that, that God's work in the world involves many sorts of works. Some works that focus on the physical, some works that focus on the spiritual. And for as long as I can remember, I was always shown that God's work in the world, through his church especially, is holistic. Part of that is because of my parents, growing up with my parents. And I just watched how they exist in the world. My, my dad, he has always been someone who's had like a gifting for the vulnerable. There was always somebody vulnerable in his life or in our life as a family, and he would just find ways to help them and care for them, like he would help them get a job, or uh, he would feed them, or he would show them how, like I, I distinctly remember him showing a guy how buying groceries is a lot cheaper than buying Taco Bell every day. Like this was the kind of work that my dad did. And, and and so much so that he even, uh, at, at the church we were at, he would often be the one that the pastoral staff would come to and say, hey, we've got this particularly vulnerable person. Can you hang with them? Can you love them? Can you disciple them? All this stuff. My mom was similar. Hers came out in different ways, though. She was very generous with her time, with her money, all sorts of things. Like, she was very generous. She, she was a CASA advocate for a long time throughout my childhood for this one boy who had brothers, and she just deeply loved this kid and cared for this kid and helped this kid. And even she, she to this day, will mention things that that kid said to her that gave her eyes that saw people who were vulnerable or impoverished people with more compassion and more love than she previously had had. Now, my parents, I saw them do lots of holistic works, lots of work of love and compassion of neighbor, but they just didn't do these, work, like these works of love and compassion. They also spoke words about Jesus. Sometimes, like, embarrassingly so, right? Like, my parents would not have a problem evangelizing to my friends or telling my friends what they were doing was demonic. Like, th- these are the kind of parents I had. But I always, so I always was shown that God's work in the world through his people is holistic. So then when I got older and I started interacting with people from different churches, especially when I was in college, I was surprised when I found that many people don't see the work of God in the world or the mission of God in the world as being holistic. Often they narrow the work of God into the world down to one thing. And really you kind of see Christians do it in all sorts of ways. A lot of times what I notice is people would narrow the work of what God has for his people in the world down to just preaching the gospel. Something we should do. But often I saw Christians like pitting doing good works against preaching the gospel and and saying which is more important or even like that one's not that important this one is more important and it was always weird for me because looking at my parents lives growing up they had always shown me that God's work in the world was holistic besides that as I began to read scripture as I read scripture and I saw how God worked in the world and what he encouraged his people to do I saw that he saw that he says both are vital Telling people about God, telling people about Jesus is just as vital as 
doing these works of love and compassion. Like both seem to be very important to God for his people. We're, we're to care for the physical and the spiritual. And so we've been in the series called The Beloved Community Is, where we're looking at this family of churches and the things we value and what we share in common in our values. And today we're talking about how the beloved community is a community that embraces holistic mission. So holistic mission is this idea that God's mission in the world involves more than just words and it involves more than just deeds. It involves both. And God, he invites his people, that's us, that's anyone that's put their faith in Jesus, he invites us into holistic mission. And the reason why I think it's good for us to spend a whole sermon talking about this is because I've noticed very often people want to pit word and deed against one another, speaking words of Jesus against doing acts of love. And I think it's important for us to realize that God himself does not pit them against one another. And as you read scripture, what you'll see and you look at God's mission in the world, you'll realize it's a lot bigger than just word or it's a lot bigger than just deed. And so, so we're going to talk today about what does it mean for us to embrace holistic mission. So here's how we're going to do it. The whole first part of the sermon, I'm just going to kind of give us like a theological framework for why I believe God is calling us to embrace holistic mission. Am I just making things up? I want to give us a theological framework for, for God's mission, what it is, and how he's inviting us into it, and, how, and why I think holistic mission is what God has invited us into. So that's the first part of the sermon. The second part of the sermon, I'm just going to talk about four things that I think uh, is involved when we embrace holistic mission. Really, holistic mission involves four different sorts of things. It probably involves more than that, but I've, I've narrowed it down to four in the sermon. So, we'll, so first part of the sermon, kind of a theological framework. Second part of the sermon, we'll, we're going to be looking at these four things that holistic mission involves so that we can kind of check ourselves as the body of Christ and go, okay, is this, is this what we're embracing? Is this what we're chasing after? So I'll say this. The, I think this idea of holistic mission, the longer that I've been a pastor in this town, at this church, the more I realize this idea of embracing holistic mission is what makes us distinct a lot of times as a church. A lot of times this is what is hard for people when they interact with us as a church. They kind of go, wait, what, you believe in that part of God's mission and that part of God's mission? And, and, and I, I go, yeah, that we, we believe in holistic mission. So, uh, so I, I think it's just, I say that to say like, perk your ears up. This is like something important to us. This is something that's been uh, truly a distinctive of ours over the last you know, about 12 years now that we've been a church in this city. So uh, before we get into it, before we kind of uh, hop into the, the message portion, I want to give some book suggestions, okay? All three books are by an author named Christopher J.H. Wright. He's a theologian from Belfast, Ireland. My grandparents are from Belfast, Ireland, so he's near and dear to my heart just because of that. No other reason. Um, no, he, uh, I really just, he's a great theologian. He's really done a lot of work on this idea of the mission of God and what is the mission of God. And so I want to suggest three books. A lot of what I'm talking about today is influenced by him and how he's shown how scripture is saying these things. And if, I know you guys, I mean, Alyssa this morning told me she likes book suggestions. So I said, okay, I don't know if the whole church 
Mitch does, but at least Alyssa does. So this is just for Alyssa, if so. Um, the first two books, I'm going to say this, they are tomes, okay? When I say tome, I mean really long books. They're still, I think, relatively easy to read, but they're really long books. But if you're just looking for a good book that kind of articulates uh, what all the books kind of say, but easier, shorter, it's the third book. So the first book by Christopher Wright is The Mission of God, a great book to read. The second book to read is The Mission of God's People. And the third book is The Great Story and The Great Commission. All really good books. If you're looking for good reads, those two books, those first two books that are really long, you could pick those books up. And what's great about them, they're, they're really kind of in-depth theology books. So you could read a chapter here, read a chapter there. You could even just pick a chapter that you're kind of interested in and read it uh, standalone. That's what's great about those books. So if you're ever looking to kind of dive deep in some missional theology, as I would call it, these books are the ones to go to. So let me take a drink and then let's get into it. So I've used this word mission a lot already in this sermon. So what does this word mission mean? A lot of times when we, as American Christians, use this word mission, it refers to a group of American Christians who go to another country and like build a house or play soccer or tell people about Jesus. Even, and we'll call that a mission trip, even if that country already has a lot of Christians in it. And so I, I, I would define the word mission and God's mission a little bit differently than how uh, we use it in kind of the American church. And so I like how Christopher Wright, how he defines this word, the, the, his, the quote will be on the sh- sh- uh, screen, and he'll, it says this, mission is our committed participation as God's people at God's invitation and command in God's own mission within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. I'm going to read that again. This is what I think mission is. Mission is our committed participation as God's people at God's invitation and command in God's own mission within the history of God's world for the redemption of God's creation. So that's Mission. That's how I would use the word mission. When I've been saying the word mission, that's, that's what I'm referring to. So that might lead you right away to the question then, what is God's mission? If, if he's inviting us into his work in the world, what is God's mission? Well, I think that quote that I read, it partially defines what God's mission is. God's mission in the world is to redeem all things. God's mission in the world is to restore all things. God's mission in the world is to rescue all things. The story of the world is God created a good world and put humanity in. And we were going to image him and glorify him and steward that world. But then sin and evil come into the world through humanity and it corrupts everything. And then what you see in the pages between the book of Genesis and Revelation is God is on a mission to redeem this world from the evil to restore this world from the evil that's affected it, to rescue this world from the evil that has overtaken it, right? So so God's mission is to restore all things, to redeem all things, to rescue all things, and I think God's mission for his people is to participate with him in that work. Sometimes we go, is that really God's mission? I don't know if that's God's mission. Here, it's really easy to see what God's mission is if you just look at the places in Scripture that talk about kind of the end of history. 
What is God going to do at the end of history? So you could go to Revelation. We just did a series in Revelation. You could read through Revelation and see how God describes the end of his work at history. You could go to Isaiah. Isaiah is another great place where, where it, Isaiah describes all these beautiful visions of what God will do at the end of time. And here's what you will know in Revelation and Isaiah. What God does at the end of history is he restores everything. He restores all of creation. He doesn't just restore human souls, but he restores human bodies. He doesn't restore just humans, but he restores all of creation. So the end of the story of the Bible, in my opinion, is God's mission completed, which has humans restored in their relationship to God. It has creation and everything in creation restored and evil removed from it. It has humans uh, restored in their relationships with one another. There's all this restoration. There's all this redemption. There's all this rescue when you look at the end of the story of the Bible, which is really just the beginning of eternity for us. Evil and... uh, Evil is dealt with and removed from creation. And so God, he is on a mission to restore and redeem and rescue all things. I think that's the mission that God is inviting us into as well. And I think we see that clearly in the life and the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus comes into the world, I think he begins to invite people into this mission as well. Jesus is God in the flesh. So Jesus is on this, I would say, holistic mission to restore, redeem, rescue all things. And then what we see Jesus do do is he invites his disciples into that same sort of work. But he also describes his work as being holistic himself. And we see as we watch Jesus, he does works that restore people and he speaks words that restore people. Look, I I love the Gospel of Luke. I love the Gospel of Luke in general, but I love uh, how Jesus' ministry is introduced in the Gospel of Luke. And if you read the different Gospels, you'll see that Jesus' ministry was introduced in different ways. And some will say that's a contradiction. But here's the thing. They didn't have TV back then, okay? So, like, Jesus was introducing his ministry in in slightly different ways, in different places. And, And the Gospel writers give us the conglomerate view of all of it together. But I love how Luke chapter 4, how Jesus goes back to his hometown and announces what his ministry will be like. Here's what it says. Verse 16. Uh, It says this, he came to Nazareth, so Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, this scripture has been fulfilled. I love the audacity of Jesus. Even if you don't really believe Jesus is God, you should read the Gospels just because 
just to see Jesus' audacity, right? He, he just, he's audacious. So he, he gets up in the middle of the Jewish version of church in his hometown, no less, right? These are people that saw him go through puberty, all right? He gets up in his hometown in the middle of church, and then he reads from a passage that has been one of the chief hopes of the Jewish people for, for many, many years about what God would come and do one day through this servant of the Lord, through this servant of God. And he reads this passage and he notes the servant, he's going to come, he's going to preach good news to the poor, he's going to proclaim release or forgiveness to the captives, he's going to uh, give recovery of sight to the blind, he's going to set free the oppressed, he's going to announce the year of the Lord's favor. He reads it, he closes up the scroll, he sits down, there's an awkward silence, and then he says, hey, that's about me. Right? Not quite verbatim, but that's what he was saying. He's saying, I read that because it's about me. This has been fulfilled. The servant of the Lord is here. And then what does Jesus do in his ministry? He does those things. All of those things he says that the servant of the Lord will do, that he reads. He goes out and does them. And notice that list of things is things that the servant of the Lord does for people physically and spiritually. Jesus describes his own ministry as being holistic. A lot of times, American Christians, we like to say it's all just a spiritual mission. But Jesus, in describing his own ministry and then in living out his own ministry, we see that he cares for people physically and he cares for people spiritually. Jesus was on a holistic mission. And I think he invites all of us into that mission, into that holistic mission. Part of why I think he invites us into that is because he just, he flat out says it in different ways. So if you go to John 17, John 17 is this chapter where Jesus is praying to the Father before he's about to go to the cross. And he's praying for the church. He's praying for us. He's praying for his disciples there in the moment as well. And he's just praying for them. One of his biggest things he's praying for them is that they, that they may, may be one. And one of the things he says in verse 18 is really interesting. Here's what he says. He says, as you sent me into the world, so he says, Father, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them, his disciples, into the world. And then here's what's interesting. If you go to chapter 20, Jesus is talking face to face with the disciples, and he says just flat out, hey, as my Father sent me into the world, I'm sending you into the world. So if Jesus was sent into the world on a holistic mission, and then he says to his disciples, which is anyone who has faith in him, I'm sending you into the world just like I was sent into the world, that means you and I have been sent into the world on a holistic mission. A mission that sees that the works of God are many. That they're both physical and spiritual. And part of why I, I, I think that even further is because there's this moment in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus sends out 72 of his disciples. He sends them out and he gives them instructions for what they're about to do and the work that they're, suppo- that they're about to do. Essentially, this is kind of like Jesus giving them like a mini trial to live like Jesus in the world. Remember, we talked about in week two a lot about discipleship and the importance of discipleship and how being a disciple of Jesus is being like him in the world. That's one aspect of it. 
And so there's a story in Luke 10 where he sends these 72 out to just be like him in the world. And look what he commands them to do in verses 8 and 9 of Luke chapter 10. He says, when you enter any town and they welcome you, eat the things set before you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Look at everything that Jesus commands them to do as they are to be like Jesus in all these various little towns and cities. Eat with people, heal the sick, preach the gospel. Jesus has his followers go out and care for the whole person, their physical needs, their spiritual needs. He has them do physical things like eating with them. Like, I often... The mission of God, it gets reduced usually to just the Great Commission, one of these very important commands that Jesus gives uh, before he uh, ascends to the Father. Uh, let me read the Great Commission for us, uh, 2819. It says this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Now, that's a really important command. And I would say even churches like ours kind of, I think, ignore crucial parts of that command at times. But what I've noticed is a lot of people say, that's all we're supposed to do. And I just go, I don't think so. I think because of how Jesus sent out his disciples, because of how Jesus said, I'm sending you guys out into the world like I was sent into the world. And we can look at Luke chapter 4 and see all the sort of work that Jesus is called to do, which he does all of those things basically in both physical and spiritual ways in his ministry. I think that means you and I are invited into holistic mission. The Great Commission is so important, but a lot of times we reduce it to just telling people about Jesus. And the problem with that is one of the things said in the Great Commission is he says, teaching them to observe or obey, some translations say, all that I commanded you. So if that's the case, that means we are called to holistic ministry work together. If we're going to obey all that Jesus commanded us, that means you and I are invited into holistic ministry. Ministry, holistic mission. Okay, so in summary, our theological framework here. God, ever since sin entered the world, he has been on a mission to restore all things, which involves all kinds of works. Just read the Bible. You're going to see God doing all kinds of works. Jesus is God in the flesh. We see him living out. And proclaiming that same holistic mission. And we see that Jesus invites us and commands us as his followers into that same holistic mission. We, as the beloved community, family of churches, we want to live out, we want to embrace the holistic mission of God. Not a truncated version of the mission of God. So if we're going to embrace the holistic mission of God, I think there's just things we have to consider. I think there's just things we have to see, uh, see what is involved really when it comes to holistic mission. So if we're going to embrace it, it means that holistic mission looks a certain way. It has certain things. It has certain characteristics. And so I think if we're going to embrace holistic mission, it means uh, holistic mission involves a few different things. So I'm going to talk about four different things here that holistic mission involves, okay? So first thing is this. Holistic mission involves word and deed ministry. 
Holistic mission involves word and deed ministry. We've, we've talked about this dynamic throughout the, the sermon, and I, 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 don't, I truly don't know why. I don't get why Christians pit word and deed against one another. I think part of it is because without the words of Jesus, you're, you're, you're unlikely to find Jesus unless like the Holy Spirit is doing like this miraculous, like extraordinary thing, right? So I get it. Like even Paul in Rome, it says, how beautiful the feet of one who spreads the message. Okay, but what I've also noticed is a lot of times the people who say, hey, preaching about Jesus is really important, a lot of times they go, that's all that matters. That's all that's important. They pit word and deed against one, one another, and God himself doesn't do that in Scripture. Right, so word ministry, so if you're not familiar with what I'm saying here, word ministry is like telling people about Jesus and who he is and the gospel. And then deed ministry is doing actual deeds, works of, of love and, and restoration. I don't think these things are opposed in the Bible. I think they are two threads woven together into a single fabric in the Bible. So I think that if we're going to be involved in holistic mission, holistic mission involves word and deed ministry. Okay? Okay, next thing. Next thing holistic mission involves. Holistic mission involves the whole church. Okay? I know what you're thinking. You're like, okay, so God, he's calling all of us to participate in holistic mission. And you're sitting there, you're going, why is Anthony always telling us to do stuff? Right? Like, can he just chill out? I love the gospel. I love grace. Give me a break, Anthony. Right? I get it. I'm sorry. I'm your pastor. But you just, this is the choice you made. I know it can be overwhelming. I'm saying, okay, now, now not only, like, we're, we're participating with God himself in his mission in the world. Like, that's overwhelming. A couple thoughts to the overwhelming feeling where I say the whole church is involved in holistic mission. First, here's the first thought. First, if that's very overwhelming for you, try to just spend time enjoying God. Spend time enjoying God and connecting with God and then see what flows out of that. I think when you connect with God and you enjoy God, what you'll find is because God's heart is close to his mission, your heart will become close to his mission as well. And then you will be motivated to live out that mission as well. So if, that, if that's overwhelming, just focus on connecting with God and enjoying God. Second, I'll say this. If this sounds overwhelming that the whole church is involved in holistic mission, is this. We can't each individually do everything. Like, find your part in the holistic mission of God in this world. What is God putting in front of you? What are you gifted to do? Who is in front of you? Right? At one point, Jesus is, is teaching about loving our neighbor, an ancient command of God, to so love our neighbor as ourselves. And this one guy, who I'm sure he thought he was smart, but he also probably was wrestling with his question, but he was like, who's my neighbor, right? Is it next door guys, across the street, catty corner? Like, who, who is my neighbor? And then the way that Jesus answers the question is with a story, like he d is apt to do. And he tells this story about this Samaritan who is walking on this road where this guy had gotten jumped by robbers, he's beat up, he's wounded, he's dying. Two religious people had walked by him because they didn't want to get dirty. But this Samaritan takes him, puts him on his donkey, takes him to a hotel, pays for him, like all this stuff. And Jesus, his point 
at the end of the story saying, like, that guy loved his neighbor. To get us to start thinking, like, when we think about who we are called to love, it's just who's in front of us. It's like who's in our path. Who, who are the people in our path? Where is, where, where is the brokenness we see in our life affecting different people? That's who we are called to love. I think sometimes sermons like this, they, they get burdensome because we convince ourselves that we each individually have to do everything. That's not the case. Us as the church all need to be involved in mission. And God is asking us to see what's in front of you. Look at what's in front of you, right? I think these sermons also, I think they're, they can be burdensome because I think if we're honest too, we don't always want to care for who is in front of us or who God is showing us. I think we've also convinced ourselves that living out sacrificial love for somebody is like bad for us and burdensome for us when that's like what you were created to do. Like when the resurrection comes and everything is restored, you and I will for eternity out of joy, be, be, we will be living sacrificial love out for one another. It's what you were made for. You're tapping in to God's kingdom, which is tapping into what he made you for. So holistic mission, it involves the whole church. So find your part. No, you can't do everything, but what's in front of you? And how can you use your particular giftings and gifts that God has given you? I, I'm going to read this quote from Christopher Wright. It's kind of long, so I'm going to take another drink. But I th- he just kind of reiterates what I've been saying, but he says it better than me, so I'm going to read what he says. He says, but everybody, but everybody can't do everything. We need not be overwhelmed. Sometimes people say to me after a sermon or lecture about integral mission along the lines of chapter 4, you talk about all these different kinds of mission, like preaching the gospel, teaching theology, feeding the hungry, caring for creation, and so on, but there's only one of me. I can't do all that. My, My reply is usually, yes, I see your point. I suspect God thought of that too, which is why he created the church. It takes the whole church with all its members to engage in God's whole mission. It is a case not of everybody doing everything, but of everybody being intentional about something according to the gifting and leading of God. In that way, the whole church and all its diversity will be involved in multiple ways in participating in the mission of God. Holistic mission takes the whole church. Okay? Next thing holistic mission involves. Holistic mission involves five types of work. I took these five things from Christopher Wright as well. He says these are what he sees scripturally as the five types of work that holistic mission involves. Uh, First is teaching or preaching. He puts that in the same category, like teaching the Bible or preaching the Bible in, in one category. The second is evangelizing. He notes how both one and two of his points, these are both things that build up the church family. Uh, The third thing, he says, compassion and love of neighbor. Acts of compassion and love of neighbor is one of the types of work. Uh, Four is seeking justice in order to love and serve society. In fact, this one is really important to us that we're going to spend all of next week talking about this idea of seeking justice. It's not really controversial at all, too, so we'll be fine. Um, And then five, he says, taking care of creation itself. So... What I think is God has sent humans into the world and he's made Christians in the world to do all of those things. 
right? Most churches, they kind of fall into the categories of like the first couple things I mentioned or the last three things I mentioned. And both kinds of churches usually are really enthusiastic about their, their marks of God's mission. And what I would say is if we are going to be involved in holistic mission, our church collectively as a whole should find ourselves doing all five of these things, right? If we took everybody in the church and we'd probably have to take the rest of the churches throughout the city too to be truly good and biblical, we should all be involved in these five different things. Holistic mission involves five types of work seen scripturally in different ways, okay? So if we are to participate with God in his holistic mission, it's going to involve that kind of work, Okay? Finally, uh, the fourth thing, holistic mission involves all of life. Holistic mission involves all of life. I think too often, I grew up in churches at least, speaking for myself, the American churches that I grew up in, we're, we're kind of convinced that only certain things are the good, God, holy work, right? Or the, or the, the mission type work. And then everything else is just nice work, right? But I think as I read scripture and my conviction around it is that when God makes us citizens of his kingdom, now everything we do can display that kingdom and participate in the mission of God in some kind of way. So like how you work, how you play, how you live displays God's kingdom and participates in restoration. I'll say this. There's a lot of our life as Christians too is just enjoying his creation and, be, and being human in that way. But, but I do think if we're going to be intentional about something, as Christopher Wright said in that quote, that, that means that we can go and say, okay, how we work, how we play, how we live, all of it can be part of God's mission in some way. Right? A lot of times, here's what I hear from people, especially as a pastor. Someone will say, well, I have this job, and I only have this job so I can meet non-Christian coworkers and evangelize them and lead them to Christ. Now, listen, I really value that because my dad was saved by a Christian coworker who led him to Christ. Okay? I would not be here. I would not know Jesus if there wasn't somebody with that kind of mentality. But here's what I want to propose to you guys is it's not just evangelizing our coworkers that makes work good. It's the work itself displaying God and who he is and living out God's mission that's good too. Like that, our very work can be part of what displays God and his kingdom. I think of Curtis Law as an electrician because he's like the best electrician in town, all right? I, don't, I, I haven't met a lot of electricians, but he seems like the best to me too. I've met like five. And so... Uh, but he's like the best electrician in town. And, and here's, just think of Curtis's work as an electrician. Think of what he does. He makes it so a lot of us, especially the ones that use him in particular, that our homes have electricity, which means we can have light whenever we want, and our refrigerators work. And so our food doesn't go bad. Now, now think about that, this. The electrician's work reminds us that God doesn't want humans to live in a place where food goes bad or light goes out. Right? Both, these are both images that God uses in Scripture to say what he's going to do at the end of the time. And Curtis's work as an electrician reminds us that one day that will be here in fullness. And in the meantime, God loves us so much that he's gifted Curtis to, to give us some of God's goodness in the meantime. 
getting light whenever we want it, getting food that will last much longer than ever before in history. Right? Our work itself can be part of God's mission, but it's not just our work. It's anything we do. Just take any aspect of your life, and you can be intentional about it in a way or live it out as a disciple of Jesus in a way that is the mission of God. So take something like being a friend to somebody. Just being a good friend to somebody, I think, lives out part of the mission of God. Right? This is maybe not an area or a category or part of our life that we normally think of as being like part of the mission of God, but I think it is. Like when we are a good friend to someone, it helps them know that God created them for eternal friendship. Right? When you have a good friend, it just makes you go, man, this is so good. And then when you see that God says, I've created you to be my eternal friend. Not just that. God created us not to just be his eternal friend, but we're going to be eternal friends with each other when he restores everything. Like the world and the devil, they want us lonely because it's contrary to the way of God. But the way of God... Is, is the way of eternal friendship. So even just being a good friend can participate in the mission of God and display who he is. Right? Holistic mission involves all of life. God involves all of life in his mission. Just go read scripture and see how often God is just doing something that seems really strange to us, but I would wager that God is just taking an aspect of life that we don't expect to be involved in mission and putting it in his mission to restore, redeem, and rescue. God, God has done this weird thing. When we think of all these different things that, that are involved in holistic mission, God has done this weird thing. He has promised to us that at the end of time, he's going to restore, redeem, rescue everything. And then, in the meantime, he's like, I want to use the church to bring restoration in all sorts of ways into the world and to the world. And it just, it, I think this is probably why there's different theological debates, because that just feels odd. It seems odd. I would just say it's God's ways are beyond us, but here's why I think God does this. I think God cannot wait to get his goodness into the world. Like, he wants to now, through us, work restoration into this world, even though the final restoration isn't here yet. And in the meantime, as he, through us, works his restoration into the world, what happens is people see good works and give glory to God. People see and meet Jesus through holistic work, through our words, through our deeds. God can't wait to give us this goodness. He's like, i got to get it to these people now so they find me before the end of time. He wants us to see his goodness now and have it forevermore. That's why God has us on this holistic mission. And I think when we involve ourselves in holistic mission, we'll find people experiencing the goodness of God and turning to God in all kinds of ways. And so the beloved community is a community that wants to embrace holistic mission 
As I read scripture, it's hard to not see that God is on a mission to restore all things. It's hard to not see that Jesus invites us into that same holistic mission. So to summarize, holistic mission involves word and deed ministry, just like Jesus cared for the physical and spiritual needs of those he encountered. Holistic mission involves the whole church. Jesus has saved a people, not a bunch of super individuals, a people who come together and live as a family to display him and live out his mission. Holistic mission is marked by at least five things. You see God sending people out to do all of these five things throughout the Bible. And holistic mission involves all of life. Again, too often we... we, separate things into spiritual God things and non-God things. It's all God things. That's how big he is. That's how much he loves his creation. And so Jesus had been so good to us. He was on a holistic mission to get to us. He brought us in and he made us family. And a lot of the Christian life is just sitting and enjoying him. But it is also like he's kind of made us secret agents. And he's kind of let us know there is this evil and darkness in the world. And now we are secret agents who, in one sense, in a holy way, participate in God's kingdom to fight against that. To redeem, to rescue, to restore. Final restoration, it's only going to come at the end of time. But in the meantime, God invites us into works and words of restoration to display his kingdom and save people until he returns. So may we, as Redemption Church Flagstaff, find our place in the holistic mission of God and embrace it. Amen, church? Amen. Let's pray. God, you are such a good father to us. We are so thankful for you. You're a father that loves us, but then also gives us purpose. This purpose to live out this mission in all kinds of ways, God. And God, I pray that that we as a church and we as individuals will embrace this holistic mission. God, I think it will take all of us having that individual intentionality to to come together and be be able to live out this, this thing called mission. And so, God, I don't know what each of us are wrestling with in here. I would just pray that if there's anything we're wrestling with with this, would your spirit just come and speak to us and help us uh, see what we need to see, hear what we need to hear, understand what we need to understand. But, God, I would just ask that you would use us. You already do. But would you continue to use us to live out this mission? Would you give us better eyes on how to do it, better wisdom and minds on how to do it? and more strength and perseverance to continue to do it. God, let your love course through us, and then let us be in the world, living out your mission of love and kingdom and gospel. We love you, Lord, and we need you. Amen.